Coathanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past and present. The Coathanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, coming to you from Camaragal land, and I'm joined by... Emma Phillips, coming to you from Bidjigal land. And Coach Kiwi, and I'm also coming to you from Camaragal Camaragal land too. In this week's show, our pre-season pod for AFLW season six, we will look at the state of play for AFLW six. We'll talk about what's changed. We'll name our top six teams and we'll cover Sydney news and a whole lot more. But first, some personal news and a content warning, discussion of cancer and surgery. If you want to avoid this, please just skip ahead about three minutes. Uh, I have been diagnosed with breast cancer and I'll be having surgery this Friday. I expect to make a full recovery, but I will need a few weeks rest. So until I'm back to my jovial self, Peter Holden has agreed to be our guest host. Peter is known to all across the women's football world as an ally, a podcast guru, and a most generous soul. I'm overwhelmed that he will do this for me, but I'm not surprised. Many have asked what they can do to help. And there are two things I'd ask of you. I don't mind saying I'm quite scared. So if you are praying folk, if you, if you send vibes, do your crystals, whatever, I'm open to it all. I'd appreciate any and all you have to offer me over the, uh, over the ether. And secondly, if you have boobs or if you love someone with boobs, please get in there and love those things. Get to know them. Hopefully all you'll be saying is aren't these fabulous. But if you notice any changes, any at all, please go and get that checked out because it may not be a lump you're looking for. It wasn't for me. And please go and have a mammogram. So now on to the show. Let's go with quarter one. So there's change in the air. There's clearly love in the air. Sabs has gotten married. Mo Hope is pregnant. Uh, So is Renee Gehring, Emily Goodsir, and I'm sure I've missed a few in there. Um, And the AFLW has given birth to what they've called their 2030 vision. We'll talk about a low bar. (laughs) Maybe they want to meet and beat these goals. Maybe they want to reach them at a canter. I don't know, but if they're going to say they're going to have the highest paid women in a domestic competition by then and 50-50 male-female split of coaches, well, they can't do any worse than they're doing right now, wouldn't you say, with the 100% um, roll call of male coaches? Of course, we know that um, the Beck Goddard, Beck Goddard is coming in with the um, with Hawthorne and the uh, all four teams, four remaining teams, are coming in as well, um, and so that certainly allows some space for some female coaches. But uh, what are your thoughts, M? <laughs> Fee, I just wanted to say, firstly, um, thanks for your courage in saying that. For being here tonight, we love you so dearly, and we'll be sending you a whole heap of coat hanger love and good vibes over your recovery journey your healing journey um we'll i'm sure we'll check in with you many times and feed back to our listeners what's happening but um thanks for thanks for bringing that to to us 
you know, on, on the coat hanger. We love you so much and uh, very happy to have Peter step in. But, um, yep, tough times, of course. Just keeping this, just keeping the seat warm. <laughs> <laughs> very good. So what, what do I think about the, the upcoming season, the 2030 vision? There's so much to talk about, isn't there? I mean, first of all, I'm just like, you know, that kind of crazy kid excited about the fact of the season about to begin. It's like January is always about tennis and men's cricket. And I'm so happy that it's going to be about women's football for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, look, there's, I mean, how do you sort of pick it apart and, and dissect what we think is going to happen? Um, I don't expect we're going to see too much change in terms of which teams will be at the top of the ladder and the bottom, but we'll probably get to that a little bit later on. Um, we probably do need to touch on the fact, nobody wants to talk about COVID very much, but a couple of issues around vaccinations, of course, with a couple of significant players uh, probably messing around their team's plans, really. So Patrikios from uh, St Kilda is still a listed player, um, but she's not able to play at the moment because she's not vaccinated. And, of course, Van Hagen from Adelaide is no, no longer with them. So, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting landscape, isn't it? I, I, uh, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the, the players choosing not to be vaccinated, but I will just say that the, the game will move on without them and their careers will as well. So, you know, they have that choice and they're making it. And um, see you later. <laughs> yep. Spoken like someone who works in a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I think probably uh, Kiwi will have a bit more to say about this, but Round one, we're used to seeing blockbuster matches and especially, of course, the first match really in any sporting code, um, particularly in football across male and female versions of it. But uh, Dan and Frankston, talk more about that. Kiwi? Uh, look, can I, can I just intro what you're going to say by saying, what a dud. <laughs> Over to you, Kiwi. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a beautiful stadium. It's um, got great scenery when you look beyond the stadium and you see the water. And on a lovely summer's evening in uh, or around the side of Melbourne, it's not deep in the country of Melbourne, it's just around the side of the bay there. Um, I'm sure most eyes will be on the field. But, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Richmond and um, St Kilda, it's going to be St Kilda's home field for a few weeks because their um, RCA park has actually been returfed and it's um, currently just had some, it's at the sand level. So um, you can go and play beach volleyball down at uh, St Kilda. But it's, um, it's going to be their home ground. And I guess the challenge is how many people are going to travel all the way to Frankston on a Friday night to watch yeah, think, St Kilda um, and Richmond? It's worth explaining for, say, Sydney um, fans who 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 would like a con comparison wouldn't you say it's like saying it's a six o'clock game on a friday evening a maybe out at blacktown or, or down at wollongong 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 because you've got the ocean view so yeah. potentially a lovely friday sunny, wollongong sunny good day luck. but take a take a um jacket because you get the sea wind good, good luck getting a crowd there it's just it's an opportunity to launch launch the season and they're choosing not to I'm perplexed but let's move on shall we uh, what I am excited about are some of the new faces and some of the returning faces and people who are players who are having a second third or maybe final chance at this 
um, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and say, Taylor Harris, I was really concerned that she might not get a contract. She was uh, asking for more money. We're, we here at the Coat Hanger are all, in, all, all for more money for our players, as we like to say, as our good friend Cindy used to say, what's wrong with 200000 um, So I think that Taylor Harris is a player who should continue playing, and I'm very pleased that she has found her new home at Melbourne. Um, who else are you excited about, interested to see, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, Kiwi, start with you. Oh, look, um, there's probably a bunch of young stars that um, I think are going to come and have quite an impact. And um, I actually think one of them is going to be a huge name. And you may have heard the Chris Barker's name. Well, forget about Maddie. Georgia has arrived on the scene. And in, in my opinion, and I'm sure there will be others who agree with this, I think she's by far a better footballer than Maddie. I think she's cleaner below the knees. I think she's got a, a very smart football sense about her. Um, she's still got a bit of that Prisparkis um, short fuse, but I think she, she can contain it better in the way that she uses the football, whereas Maddie kind of turns around and retaliates a bit. I think Georgia will play a little bit more before she turns and does the retaliation. But I just think what um, what she's going to bring to that Geelong team, and, you know, they've recruited really well. They've got Chloe Shear there. They've got Nina Morrison back. Um, they've taken Chantal Emmonson from Melbourne Demons, who's one of the better transitional um, defensive players in the game at the moment. And, you know, with, I think still, I still think Meg McDonald's one of the best intercept receivers across the back line. So I think you're going to see can, a really. Can they kick any goals though, Kiwi? Well, that's it. Can Geelong kick some Chloe, goals this season? Chloe Shear's got one of the best kicks in the comp and we know she can get up and take speckies. We saw that right before she did her ACL. Um, hopefully Phoebe Williams down there. She's got great hands. She's got a good shot. Um, there are some other young ones down there. I think, you know, I think we're just going to, I don't know that they'll get in the top six. But I certainly think Geelong are going to be playing a whole lot better than we've seen in their 50,000 years that they've been playing football. Okay, the last couple of years. But, you know, I just think I think it's going to be a new look Geelong Cats. And, um, and I reckon they're going to catch a few other teams um, on the hop. Mm. Great. Em, who are you excited about seeing play? I am always excited to see Sabrina Frederick play footy. I think she's just so fantastic at the game and it's been a tough road for her in many ways and she has these flashes of brilliance and there's a whole lot of pressure on her and a spotlight on her. Um, I can't wait to see what goes on for her at her new home at Collingwood. Um, you know, they, they, are, they are looking very, very good, Collingwood, and I think that she might just be a missing piece for them. Yeah, right. I must admit I, I was surprised at the move. Um, I didn't know what Collingwood needed her for, but I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> Any more comments on player movement? Yeah, I think um, it's got to be said, the number one draft pick that went to Gold Coast Suns is from Victoria, Victoria Metro captain. Um, she was Oakley Chargers captain when they won the NAB League this um, last season. And um, Charlie Robottom, you'll hear this name. She's going to pick up best and fairest points. She's going to be an absolute star. She's a great size midfielder and she can run and move the ball and then you can throw her forward and she's a target as well. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to um, see her. Really interesting to see a Victorian um, who would have gone early anyway, um, but choose to go to another state so young. So um, Charlie Rowbottom, the yeah. name we'll talk about a lot. Great. 
great stuff. Okay, let's move on to quarter two. Let's talk about well the changes to the season. Now I was reminded that this is this was part of the CBA, so we're moving into the final year of the um, collective bargaining agreement that was signed three is that right three years ago. Yeah. Um, so part of that was that we would have an additional round. Uh, and still three weeks of, of finals. So that's good. One week more. We'd love a whole lot more, but we'll take we'll take the crumbs because we're used to taking the crumbs. But what we saw came, come out um, today, was, and we're recording on the 14th of December, is um, the rule changes. Em, do you want to talk us through those? Yep. So two rule changes to consider, and, you know, it's probably worth commenting on the fact that, you know, footy, both AFLW and AFLM over the years has just gone through change after change and people are pretty tired of rule changes. But these are probably two fairly decent ones. One is in line with AFLM, the player on the mark is to stand. They can't move laterally on the mark. They can uh, jump up and down and make themselves sort of visible like in a star jump kind of arrangement, but they can't move laterally. And the second rule change is that the player who is standing the mark from kick-ins after a behind has been scored is to be 15 metres back from the top of the goal square. So that's an extra five metres on last year. So that should give the player kicking out extra room to deliver the ball further up the ground. Um, Interesting changes. I think both will actually make the game a little bit faster again, a little bit more free-flowing again. Kiwi, you weren't so wrapped in the changes, though, were you? Um, I don't. I really don't agree with the stand rule. Um, I just think it's a, a blight on any kind of way you train a player to be, um, you know, apply any kind of defensive pressure because effectively it takes them out of the game for that moment. Um, as for the fifteen meters, you know, I love the ten meter. Um, when I was coaching the defence line um, at Sandringham last year because we just exploited that as, as you do the person standing them up. But that um, pretty much what you'll see now is no kicks or should no kicks happen from inside that square. I just tell the players, run it, run it out. So now you've got 15 metres, even more space for that run and carry. And, you know, if our NAB girls are delivering the ball outside the 50, you'd expect AFRW players to constantly be doing that. So the ball will travel up the field. So then you start to look at your teams. Do you want tall targets or do you want speed players and players that have got a really good run and carry? Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's how it's probably going to change the game is that transitional type of um, style of player. And we saw a bunch of them drafted last year, I think, more, more runners rather than key uh, positional players. And I think that's what we're going to see a little bit more this year. I wonder if it'll bring forwards more into the game again, higher up the ground. I mean, we've seen the press now for a number of years. And it's funny, isn't it? We're talking about a, a change of five metres, but we know that it will make a difference to sort of the depth of the kick that will come out of defence. And whether that does bring, you know, your Taylor Harris types up to uh, spots on the ground that they wouldn't necessarily be at that point. Absolutely. You know, the, yeah, absolutely great hands, you know, to get their hands on the footy like Taylor Harris, Katie Brennan's, and then they can get back. But then my question would then be can someone like, back? <laughs> yes, like Sabs or Emma King, mm. who traditionally sort of hold the zone, do they stay there and wait or can we get more run out of them? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how coaches use that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Peg All that right. for our discussions after round one. Yeah, yes. well, exactly. I expect a review and I'm going to judge you harshly as a, as a listener <laughs> <laughs> from my 
house a little bit. Uh, I want you to put your uh, your money where your mouth is. I want you to put your reputation on the line. Who will be the top six teams? Let's start with you, Kiwi. All right, here we go. Um, Adelaide, you can't forget Adelaide. I know they're missing Metcalf and Foley, but Chelsea Randall's back with a vengeance and... Erin Phillips, if you've seen anything of her on Insta, I don't think that girl eats anything that is not pure for her body. Um, but, yeah, I think they're just going to be solid contenders. Collingwood, we've mentioned, you know, they have recruited Sabs as a big tool. They've um, taken Al Downey to cover for Shani in the ruck. And Shani's still going to be around the club, so she'll add her um, different pump-up vibes that she has. She's an incredible person off the field. Um, but young EJ, Eliza James, look out for her. She is, I think she's just a little a little highlight on the field. Um, small forward, they'll probably play her. I don't think that she'll play much on the wing because they've got the speedsters with the Irish girls. But um, I think Eli, EJ is going to bring something. Brisbane, I think um, Brisbane is going to be solid. They've had a bunch of retirees, yes, but the girls coming in are the ones that they've worked through their system. So I think they're going to come in and, you know, just feel at home. I've gone Melbourne Demons in, in even that top four. I just think the way they've recruited Taylor Harris, they've got a really tall team that's going to be hard for the matchups and be interesting, you know, just to see how they go because they've got some really good speed players in their team. Then uh, fifth and sixth is really hard for me to feel. I'm going to go Giants. Giants are in there. I know they've recruited some very experienced players in Katie Loins from Carlton and Chloe Dalton. So you've got real experience there. And then you've got legs. Chloe's just an absolute runner of the ball. And to round out my top six, I have gone, and a lot are going to love this, and anyone who's tuned into Coach versus Coach is going to love this because this is part of our drinking game, but I'm going to mention the Darabin team. Darabin Falcons, they're reunited at Carlton. I think um, I think it's going to make Carlton a bit strong. You know, they've got Darcy Vesio, um, Junior O'Day, Jess Del Poss, Maddie Guerin, there's a big chunk there. They've spent a lot of time playing together and they work really well together and they play a lot of that central role in the middle and um, send the ball into that forward line. So, um, you know, and they've got some really good young players there with Keely Shearer and Brooke Vickers who have come fresh out of the NAB league as well, who I think will, you know, get on the scoreboard pretty easily. So that is my top six. Your turn, M. go. I just, you have not got Collingwood? Or North Melbourne in there. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, no, I did Collingwood. I don't oh, have, you do have the pies in there. Yeah, okay. I did have pies. Yep. It's just North I'm offended by then. Yeah. And you, I thought you <laughs> might right. be. Yeah, a little. It's only six. I can only fit six. <sighs> okay. My top six, I actually think, and this might be a little bit controversial, but Frio are going to give things a red hot go. I think that they were the outstanding team for a large proportion of the season last year. They fell away in the final couple of rounds and in the finals, but I think they really have the goods. I mean, Kiara Bowers is an out-and-out champion of the game. They've got Houghton up forward. They will miss Sabrina Duffy, unfortunately. You know, I'm, I'm sort of very sad personally to see her um, take up a work opportunity that will keep her away from AFLW for next season or this season. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but look, they, they have the goods, Freo, I think, to go that, to that next level. I can't dismiss Brisbane. You know, it's very hard to dismiss the premiers, of course. And um, I think they may have a little premiership hangover to begin with start of the year, but there's absolutely no reason why they can't pull things together and just be as strong as they were uh, in the way they finished last season. Adelaide, just like you, Kiwi, I'm not going to repeat too much, but they are a team of superstars and they cannot be denied. (laughs) Um, Collingwood, I've got in at number four. I did um Amanar about pushing them a little bit higher. I think Collingwood have arguably 
the strongest team across all the lines. So um, a very, very solid and consistent um, team of quality players that support each other. They've played together well enough now. They've been led by the same people for a number of years now. Um, I think they are just coming together beautifully, Collingwood. It pains me to say that, but I think that's probably true. Um, and then I've got Melbourne in at five. Um, again, I'm denied about Melbourne. They, they always are thereabouts. I actually think that the inclusion of Taylor Harris may upset Melbourne a little bit. I think that they've got Cunningham up forward. It'll piss her off that, am I allowed to say that on radio? Uh, that uh, Harris will come in. Could be a lot worse, of course. Um, that Harris will come in and, and, you know, take the spotlight and possibly actually upset the way that she plays. Um, I think Melbourne may have done better to really invest in Cunningham as their key forward. So I still have them at five. They'll make finals and they'll be, you know, they'll, they'll be very strong nonetheless. And then, of course, I've got North at six. And look, maybe that's just a sentimental inclusion. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, honestly, we'll, while you've got, we'll allow it. <laughs> thank you very much. I think while you've got Jasmine Garner and, and players like Emma Carney and Emma King, it is hard to deny them a finals place. And North seem to be very good at mustering the sort of second tier, second and third tier players and getting the most out of them. So I do think they'll slide in for that sixth sixth spot. I think you're dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> And I did just want to mention Chelsea Randall. I'm I'm excited she's still playing. Bit worried too because she had that nasty, nasty knock, um, and that's not, not the first she had. Um, anyway, um, good luck to her. I'm 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 pleased she's still involved in the game. Maybe she. There's um, there's another one also. Um, Imogen Barnett, who's um, Collingwood VFRW. She was actually the VFRW leading goal scorer last year. Mm-hmm. Has now been drafted into the AFRW team at. Um, Collingwood she missed a bunch of games last season same thing bad head con- no, bad concussions head of course um, and I just I hate I just, it when I get elbow concussion <laughs> yeah or a knee concussion it stops you kicking goals but no for her I just I just get worried now when you think about you know the ramifications down the track and I know she was working really hard on her season to get drafted and she's obviously had the right rewards, but, you know, and, and I wish her well, and I'm sure she is going to absolutely fire in that forward line, um, you know, with the midfielder that, that midfield, the midfield Colling would have that was seeing some quality balls to her. Um, just, yeah, you start to think about these players like Chelsea and, and Barney, what are they going to be like in, in a few years or, you know, when they become parents and stuff as well. Yeah, that too. But but in terms of their AFLW career, I hope they're looked after like Emma Grant has been, who's been um, filtered into the coaching stream and is developing well and has gone on to her level three. Is that correct? Yes. Um, yes, she yeah. did level three with me this year. But she's um, Richmond's development coach now for AFLW. Brilliant. So that's where Very she's good. gone. Good stuff. All right, moving on, we are kind of going over time but i think we'll allow it for our, for our this um, is our christmas gift to everyone christmas gift to everyone and the christmas gift is sydney news for for the fourth quarter um so the giants are doing a bit of a scorpions versus t-birds jobby with henson park if you don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> henson park is like the heart of um, of the inner west, and the inner west is where Sydney women's football 
began. So it is very exciting. If you watched our socials during the break, um, you would have seen that I put that when Harry Met Sally um, restaurant scene up as a, as a gift to, to say, yes, yes, yes. We're very excited that they're going to include Henson Park as, as a venue. Now, Henson Park is supposed to be the home ground for the AFLW Swans who will come in for the 2023-2024 season. Uh, but in the meantime, hey, this ain't their turf. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how Kaniki says it? Yeah. Or maybe it's Sunny. I think Sunny says, the scorpions are here. This ain't their turf. Um, anyway, so, the, yeah, the Giants are going to run all over the, the ground and claim it for their own. Uh, I'm excited that that's happening. Um, it, it'll be good to see um, – them play there there will be giants who have played on that ground because the likes of Bet Privatelli have played finals or semi-finals semi-finals they play there isn't it in the city women city women's comp anyway it's a great ground they're going to make improvements so that there's more than one teeny tiny grandstand but uh, it's great stuff any comments oh, I just about that? Hey, I just can't believe it's taken us this long to get a Greece reference into the car <laughs> Well, into this season, we've mentioned, we have mentioned Greece before. Have we? um, Oh, oh, yes. (laughs) Well, it's a fine start to the season then. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) We think the Giants will go this season. I mean, that's kind of the question. And when we focus on Sydney and New South Wales, AFLW, that's the question. Where are the Giants at? Well, their demographic is ageing. Is Is there a lesbian rest home in Marrickville? Just asking for a friend. Uh, Oh, God. So we have a few players in their 30s. uh, And Cora Staunton, yes, drumroll. Cora Staunton celebrated her 40th birthday this week. So happy birthday to Cora. And uh, I I think it's good to show that the old birds have still got a bit of run in their legs, don't you? You know what she can do? She can swing straight into Masters. That's it. I think this is a promotion that Masters in Sydney needs. Get out there. Anyone over 40 or 35, 37, 33, 34, there's a bunch of giants. Anyone can play. Kiwi, didn't you didn't you hand uh, a Masters flyer to an AFLW player in in a previous round? Maybe. Just a, just a yes or no. Maybe don't name maybe maybe name the team. Can you name the club? It at the time it was Collingwood. Right. <laughs> and the player did have grey hair. She still does have grey hair. Um, <laughs> some may guess who she is. Em will probably guess who she is. She did not take it very well at all. <laughs> she was not impressed with us. And the oh, thing is, look, yes. she's still playing football. She, she still plays VFRW football. Mm. And I'm grateful she does not play Masters and get me back. <laughs> There's a place for her. And, yeah, I think she should go. Well, you'll have to join her team so you avoid playing against her. Anyway, um, yeah, look, I think, oh, I don't know what to say about Giants this year. I think, I hope that the maturity is uh, of benefit to to the team. I hope that um, they, Wait, they They've can... also got, don't they have Jasmine Gresson playing who, um isn't she the one who kicked the very first goal, AFLW goal? Am I right, right or wrong with that? It's a trivia question. Uh, wow. Who kicked the first ever AFLW goal? 
Well, she, what playing for Collingwood was she? Because they kicked the first yep. goal and then didn't score again. Isn't that right? I think our stats person is still stuck in traffic. Yep. We could yeah, normally refer yeah, to yeah. them, but uh, that's right. Yeah, I think it's worth um, mentioning though that the Giants is, they have. We talk about this, you know, the age issue and have a bit of a laugh about it, but they have recruited some older players as well. I mean, Katie Loins has come up from Carlton and she's thirty-seven, I believe. Um, what does someone like Loins add? What are they driving at? I mean, typically, of course, AFL teams will top up when they're looking to, you know, to, to nab a premiership, right? Now, I wouldn't have thought the Giants for themselves as being exactly at that point. So what's, what does the addition of someone like Loins do for the Giants? What are they thinking? What are they thinking? I didn't want to put too fine a point on things, but I think that's about right, isn't it? <laughs> do, you think, do you think Loins has peaked? Do you think Loins has passed her peak? I th- yes, would be my short answer to that. Look, and she's a, she is a very good player. There's no doubt about that. And she'll bring a certain amount of leadership to the younger girls will definitely turn to her. Um, not that the Giants really need additional leaders. I think they're fairly stacked with them. Um, so it is just a – she's a, a hard ball player. She will definitely put her body on the line. Maybe it's that sort of thing they're looking for, a real in and under type to feed out to their quality midfield runners. You know, maybe it is to sort of free up the Alicia Evers and the Elise Parkers and Beck Beeson's of the side to get – um, you know, more forward running ball. I think that'd be that'd be great if they can actually affect that. It feels very difficult to sort of assess at this point where the Giants are going to be at. I wish them, I really do wish them very well, but um, it's hard to assess based on how they've recruited. And they've got quite an exciting forward line. When you look at, yeah. you know, Beeson, Privatelli, um, they've taken Gresson from north, um, you know, and then potentially, you know, these young players that will fill in, you know, the small forward type roles too. So, um you know, we should see more goals, but I have them in my top six, so they better do it. Mm. So in other news, Sydney has a summer comp. Kiwi, can you tell us more? Yes. So here is something super exciting for um, – because I guess how I feel, sometimes when AFLW happens, in Sydney you get bugger all games. So now you're going to get the second tier because you miss out on the VFRW. The Premier League probably isn't quite the same. So what they're doing is they are having um, a summer comp at five rounds and it's the Giants will get to put in two teams. So you're likely to see an ACT Giants and a Sydney Giants Academy squads and then Sydney Swans get to put in two teams. So their two areas are... Um, Northern, so be Northern Swans probably, and then the Sydney Swans from in in West Sydney area. So really, what it is, it's going to be hundred and for one hundred and twenty girls to get out there play five quality games. Um, no doubt, we'll all be videoed and um, stats taken because as Sydney Swans come in, they want to recruit locally. So um, you know, absolute possibility for these players to um, step up and show their wares on on a bigger stage. Um, and I guess for the Giants players who don't get picked for those rounds, it's an opportunity for them to go and play some quality games inside AFLW season because we're the New South Wales are the only state currently that's not got their main competition in summer. Mm. So VFLW, South Australia, WA, Queensland, all their top-level um, women's competitions is now played in summer. So the so the players don't get for AFLW still get to drop down and have games. Yeah, so it's really needed. Absolutely needed. Yep. M. So about so February fifth they start. Do we know whether Giants players who don't make the cut for the AFLW team 
will be required to play in that summer comp or is it optional for them? That is a really good question. Yeah. I, if I was a coach, I'd be telling them to go Consistent. do it. So they get the run in the legs. That's what Essentially, that's what you want. You want them to have some game time yeah. so that they keep their match fitness up. And, you know, if you're working on something particularly, you want them to go back and do it in a game so you can say, yep, yep, you're nailing that part of your game now. Let's bring you in. So the Giants had set up an agreement with Williamstown. Is this correct, Kiwi? So when, Last when, season. The, yeah, when the VFLW was being held in the winter, so, so that um, these players could go down to um, Melbourne and keep, well, keep running. They've had well the last two seasons of VFRW, the Giants have actually had games in Melbourne. So um, this current season just finished. They teamed up with Williamstown, so the players got to go down and have these games. And then the season, which actually was 2019 because COVID got 2017-2020, they had five. Um, matches where they were down and they played against VFL teams. Yeah, but did they, did they really count for anything though? Because I, isn't it well, true it to gave say them, that it the... Gives them, yeah, it was through winter as well, but it gave them experience and, you know, to sort of test that. And Giants have, I do know on good authority, they have actually applied before for a VFLW licence. And being so they, back. Yeah, so they are mm. serious about developing that next level of, um, of talent for sure and getting them playing regular matches, which, you know, as you can see, Collingwood do exactly that with the VFLW programme over the last few seasons. And so it's no surprise the AFLW programme is so much stronger because of it. Yeah. You know, I think without a doubt, you wouldn't have seen, you know, Shani Norda as good as she was if she didn't have the opportunity to play um, VFLW. Oh, I agree 100%. I just don't know that if the other VFLW teams are just putting in their B team because it's mm, not for premiership right. points, then what value is there? Yeah. I, I just I don't know if you can. Correct. Oh, there's no way of knowing. There's no way of knowing. But at least they, do, they were doing something. Yeah. One of those five games was the top tier team. The others were, yes, their run on players, really. Yeah. So as far as AFL Sydney is concerned, this has kind of got a twofold effect where it's assisting current Giants players at AFLW level to have that second tier, quality second tier competition to go into if they, if they don't make the cut. And it's obviously creating a space for many more girls and women across the state to look at getting into and, you know, improving their football. It, it's yep. a more attractive and attractive option to do that. And, and putting your hand up to be drafted yeah, next yep. year. So I, there has been, I mean, Alan McConnell has been especially vocal on the fact that talent hasn't been at the level he would like it to be in New South Wales. He's been very open about that. And he's basically said in this marketplace, there's just not enough talent for us to fill a side or maybe even halfway fill aside really and they have looked far and wide you know and certainly there are talented players in New South Wales no question about that but we're also highly aware of the fact of of the need rather to be seriously investing in and fast tracking younger players and creating opportunities for them to play to catch up to other states let's be honest yeah absolutely I hope this is a, a step towards that it seems like um you know five rounds is not very long but it's certainly a positive step isn't it yeah, absolutely. And then um, last, or the season just finished, there was also Swans and Giants matches that came, or teams that came down and played in the NAB League. So then the under-18 also started to get exposed to that next level of, um, you know, tough, top-skilled matches as well. So um, it will increase that talent pool's experience of those games for sure. Mm. Yeah, good one. Onwards and upwards for Sydney. Absolutely. Well, what That's a great it. what a great note to finish on.
It's like a big bridge. It just keeps building and building. (laughs) This has been our preseason pod for AFLW season six. We will be coming to you every week during the season at a time and day yet to be determined on 2SER 107.3. Peter Holden will be our stand-in host, keeping the seat warm for me and my heartfelt thanks to him for agreeing to do this for me. Special thanks also to Anthony Dockrell, Program Manager for Support and Flexibility, and to our listeners across the country and across the globe who we engage with via our socials. We are at Coat Hanger Footy on Twitter, Insta and Facebook. Don't forget to catch the full version of this show in our podcast with extra content in the fifth quarter, wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune in to The Coat Hanger. And while you're listening to the show, feel free to squeeze your boobs. (laughs) All the best, Fee. Go really well in your healing journey. Thank you very much. I'm just going to stop that recording now.